This episode of The Expats is brought to you by NationGear.ca. Oilers fans, there's a place on the web for you to suit up. It's NationGear.ca. Get your hats and t-shirts all made for the discerning Edmonton Oilers fan. While you're browsing the store, you have to check out Nation Gear's 16-bit line, which pays homage to the glory days of the Super Nintendo. Pixelated hockey players for those among you born in the 1980s. Ah, memories of ice hockey and blades of steel. Right now, right this second, if you go to nationgear.ca, you can get a 10% discount if you use the promo code EXPAT10. That's EXPAT10. Pause the show, take a look at their inventory, and grab some gear before it's too late. All the apparel you need to show your love for exciting last place hockey. Check out nationgear.ca. We're still looking for you, dear listener, to fill out our audience survey. We're collecting anonymous data from you so that the expats can work with potential sponsors that will appeal to you. By taking our audience survey, you're directly contributing to helping the show grow and expand. Visit bit.ly slash expats survey. The survey will only take you about five minutes to complete. That's bit.ly slash expats survey. And thanks for listening. Now, on with the show. New Amsterdam, the big city, the city that never sleeps, the city so nice they named it twice, the Big Apple, New York City. Once referred to in 1875 as the modern Gomorrah, the city stands today as a monument to mankind's hopes and dreams. New York is the set of countless films, often itself playing a character. But it's where the Ghostbusters were founded. It's where Harry met Sally. Times Square, Central Park, Madison Square Gardens, the Empire State Building, the Statue of Liberty, the Brooklyn Bridge, the Holland Tunnel. If you haven't been to New York, it's very likely you already feel as though you have. And that's where we're going today, to Empire City, the capital of the world, and the home of Broadway, on the expats. Welcome to the Expats. I'm your host, Adam Rosenhart, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Ben Wheelwright's journey to New York took a rather circuitous route from Edmonton, Alberta, to Montreal, to Toronto, then to London, the United Kingdom, and finally, New York City. Ben's expat experience is a little different from most. He's living life as a Broadway actor playing Christopher Boone in The Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime. But let's begin our story in Montreal. All right. So I graduated from the National Theatre School in Montreal in 2014. And after graduating, I moved to Toronto. And I started uh, auditioning for film and television there, working with my agency, and just getting a feel for life outside of a training program, which is quite a bit different and, and lots to get used to. So I spent a year in Toronto doing that. I was working at a bar at a theatre, serving actors, doing the work that I wanted to do. Um, but it was a great, great experience in Toronto and I met a lot of great people. 
And uh, one day my agent called me up. Uh, I was on a bus, on a mega bus, back to Montreal to celebrate with the class below me at, at the National Theatre School and see their graduation show. And they called me on the bus and they said, hey, this audition came in for The Curious Incident. Is it possible for you to put yourself on tape this afternoon? I said, well, I'm on a bus right now. I don't know if I'll have time. Um, but I quickly called my friend who was at NTS, National Theatre School, and asked if he could spare an hour and help me put this, um, this audition on tape. So he was very gracious and said, yep. So I got off the bus, didn't have time to learn the lines. But what we did is we put music stands just below the eye of the camera, and I read, I read the, the sides, the scenes like that. But we filmed that audition, sent it off, and uh, the next day I was on my way to London. I had six months of work lined up, but I had a two-month break, and I wanted to just get out of North America and see the world a bit. So I hopped on a plane to London spent some time with some family friends. And I think the second night that I was there, I went to see Curious Incident. It was the cheapest ticket that I found. So I went to check it out, loved it, was blown away by it. And then a couple days later, my agent called me and said, yeah, they really like that self-tape. They want to see you in New York. But I told them I was on the other side of the Atlantic and it was going to be a little bit tricky for me to just jump back to New York. So what they managed to do um, was organize a, just a, a small audition with the associate director of the show that it was happening on the West End. And so, I think, yeah, like the fourth day I was there, I was in a rehearsal room at the National Theater, which is, you know, the mecca of English speaking theater, in my mind anyway. It was, I was totally blown away and I was, you know, just really happy that I got on this plane. <laughs> and um, um, so, yeah, I auditioned in London. That audition was also filmed and sent to the creatives in New York. And then two days later, they said, yeah, you, you, they really want to see you in New York. Um, it's down to five people, and they're casting two, two parts. So, uh, you know, you should get on this plane. <laughs> so I did, and uh, it was a two-day audition process in New York. The first day, I met the director, Marianne Elliott, the casting directors, and I did seven scenes, or, yeah, five to seven scenes from the show. But when I got there, I saw on the list that it wasn't, five people. It was actually like 12 or 13 people that were on the list. So I said, oh, sure. my, I think my agent sort of lied to me so I would get on this plane. <laughs> um, and then I made it through that round. And then the second day was a movement call where the uh, movement director of the show led, led five of us Christophers that were auditioning through a, not choreography from the show, but what they like to call building blocks of the show. Um, and I think, yeah, there was 12 people on the other side of that table looking at you. So the nerves were, you know, racing through me. And uh, it was a bit of a blur, to be honest, because I was very jet lagged, having not recovered from jet lag, flying to London and then immediately flying back. It was, it was such a roller coaster. And, and then uh, I flew back to London, didn't hear anything for about three weeks, three to yeah, almost a month. And I kept calling my agent saying, have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? And they kept on saying, no news is good news, no news is good news. But <laughs> what I later learned is that they knew for a long time that I had got it and were waiting until the Tony Awards were announced to see if the show would continue. Oh. And it won uh, five Tonys, so they knew it would continue. And then after uh, the morning of the Tonys, uh, or the morning after the Tonys, they let me know. And I was on a train from North Wales uh, back to London after visiting my grandmother in North Wales. 
And they gave me a phone call and they said, hey, we just heard back from Curious Incident. They would really like to, and it cut out. Oh, no. I'd hit a tunnel and, and, I'd, and I, the cell line was uh, <laughs> disrupted. So I quickly uh, called them back on like my burner cell phone and I got a hold of them. And, and they said, yeah, they'd like to offer you the part as the alternate Christopher. And, you know, the world is whizzing by me on the train and it was just, it was insane. The sensation, I was dizzy, I was a little bit sick, motion sickness, <laughs> you could say. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's how it all happened and uh, it's kind of a crazy story. <laughs> it's pretty wild. It's, I mean, like, yeah, I mean, so your, your, your expat experience, of course, is going to be dramatically different from just about anyone I've spoken to so far. And bearing that in mind, how did you prepare to make the move from where you were living to, to living in New York? Well, f when I found out that I was moving to New York, I quickly got on Facebook and tried to connect with all the people that had graduated from my school, uh, from NTS, and were now living in New York, or people who had lived in New York. There was um, an Edmontonian actor named Brian Parker who I connected with. He's, uh, he's was a part of the Catalyst show Nevermore that toured to to New York, uh, I guess, two seasons ago now. Um, so I reconnected with him and just picked his brain about what a New York audience was like, what, what his experience was. Um, and the actor who graduated from NTS, he had been working on Broadway for a couple of years. So, you know, his experience on Broadway. Um, so I just tried to get a feel of what, yeah, other people's experiences were. It was so daunting. I didn't really know how to prepare. Um, but uh, because I was, because I had been traveling for two months prior, everything was in a backpack. I was living out of a backpack, and I found that really helpful because I didn't really have a, tons of things to you know sort out and pack up. I could just easily get on a plane and move to New York. So um, the nomadic lifestyle I was prepared for. So the the logistics of moving I didn't find too daunting. It was more the idea of performing for a New York audience and and the differences and similarities between a Canadian audience. Yeah. So you're you're really focused obviously on the show. Um, so what happens when, what happened when you arrive in New York? Like, is your, is your schedule immediately swallowed up by the production? Yeah, it was a bit tricky. My visa that I'm working on, it was tied to the production of the show and it arrived the day I was leaving in the mail. Um, so it was really tight and I was expecting to, you know, come down a week before uh, rehearsal started and have a week to, you know, sort out my life, find my place, get a bed, you know, all those sort of things. But I had a, a day to do all of that. <laughs> and um, so that was kind of tricky. Um, uh, and yeah, so I, I had a day to sort out my life and then rehearsal started and it was a six week rehearsal process and which was every day, all day from nine until 6 p.m. Um, so my life was very much get on a train early in the morning, go to 42nd Street, which was a nightmare, to be honest. It took me a while to get used to that, coming out of the subway and being bombarded by tourists lining up for the Madame Toussaint's museum. It was just a bit of a nightmare. <laughs> but quickly, I learned how to walk the streets and navigate and you know, push people out of my way. I had to, I had to remember that those tourists were going to be the people that were going to come see the show, so I had to love them. But at the same time, it was kind of aggravating. <laughs> I like how um, you immediately uh, took on the attitude of a New Yorker. What are all these tourists yeah, doing here? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> So how hard was it to find a place to live in New York? Because, you know, it seems like it's kind of a jam-packed place. 
Yeah, it was. It wasn't as hard as I'm making it out to seem. There's this um, Facebook page called Sublet Housing for Gypsies, I think it's called, and so I found my place on there. And I ended up living with a guy named Adam, who's um, a jazz musician, uh, a graduate of of the Juilliard School, and he actually was friends uh, or at the school at the same time as Alex Sharp, who was the guy who won the Tony for the part that I'm taking over. Um, so I took that as a sort of a sign that it would be a good idea to live with this guy because we had a, a, a mutual friend already. So uh, it's a little bit out of the way. It's pretty north. Um, it's it, it's in Washington Heights, so it's north of um, pretty far north. It's in the 163rd. So it's, it takes about 20, 25 minutes, maybe half hour, 40 minutes on a bad day um, to get down to the theater district. But it's actually really nice living up here. It's, um, it's quiet. You hear you know, the birds are singing right now. You don't hear sirens that often. So it's, it's nice. But So I didn't find it that hard to find a place. But um, yeah, the rent in the city is it's steep <laughs> for sure. So that was something to a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. What are some of the other, um, I guess, cultural things that you've had to adjust to? You talked about the crush of people coming out of the subway, but what are some of the things you felt that maybe you took for granted living in Canada that in New York you're like, holy shit, I have to deal with this now? Yeah. I. Uh, there's just a lot of people here. And because there's a lot of people here, it really forces you to be the biggest version of yourself in a good way. You have to fight for your space because if you don't, then you're just going to get lost in the crowd, right? It's been a kind of a, a cool psychological trip that I've sort of had to like flesh myself out or like color myself right to the edges. You know what I mean? I think that's been the biggest change. Not to say that I'm like this loud, boisterous guy now that's like yelling at people in the streets or anything like that. But it, it you do have to, yeah, you just, there's a lot of people here and uh, it's great. You get to, everywhere you look, there's like a story happening on the subway, on the streets. So it's just, uh, there's a lot happening. And it takes a while for you to become comfortable uh not being sort of overstimulated when you walk down the streets you see people walking and they kind of look like zombies but you realize that that's sort of a survival <laughs> strategy so you don't become so uh you don't exert so much energy just on your morning commute to work that's really weird it's so unusual to think about that compared to the way we live you know even in a city like toronto where it's i mean yeah there's millions of people but there's not you know it's not the biggest city on earth yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty weird. Um, what are some of the... T- take me through a typical day for you. I know it's not going to be the day of a typical New Yorker, but what does your life look like on that average day? So I've had a lot of people come and stay on my couch, which has been great. So when they come and visit, I'm usually up with them at like 10, going to see the city, going to museums, show, showing them the sights. I've become a little bit of a tour guide, which I don't mind. And it's really nice to see familiar faces in the city because... It's kind of difficult to meet a lot of people in the city. So I haven't been hanging out with too many New Yorkers, um, mostly just people from Canada who are coming to visit. Um, So when they come, I'm usually seeing the city with them. But when they're not here in a day like today, when I have the day to myself, uh, I usually wake up at around noon and have my coffee, head down to the theater. If it's a matinee, around 10.15, 10.45, head out of my house and head down to the theater. but on a day like today, a Friday, when I just have an evening show, uh, I usually take my time. Um, I, have, I actually have to do a self-tape audition, so I should be working on that right now, but uh, <laughs> I'm not. And then, uh, yeah, head down to the theater at around uh, 5.45, 6.45, 7.45, 8.45, 9.45, 10.45, 11.45, 12.45, 
Christopher Boone, he lives on a on a time schedule. That's the character. He 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 likes to schedule his time. So I've kind of uh, adopted that way of living. And you know, everything in my room has its place, and things in my day function on a schedule. So time is very important to me now because Christopher Boone needs to know exactly what time it is on every time of the day. So I've I've tried to sort of yeah uh, digest that for myself, um, which has been kind of interesting and foreign to me. So. Um, yeah, and then I'm at the theater. If I'm performing, then I do my warm up and get ready for the show. It's uh, you um, you do a warm up with the cast an hour and fifteen before the regular call time. Usually on Broadway, you're called at your half hour, but because this play, everyone needs to be on the same page. We're asked to warm up together. Then we do a lift call together, uh, which is really nice. So you're making eye contact and asking, you know how everyone's day was before you're on stage with them performing with them which is a kind of a, a nice a nice way to you know there's a there's a huge camaraderie within the cast because of that I think so then you do the, your warm-up uh, and then show times at 7:30, and uh, yeah so that's sort of the the day of an actor on Broadway <laughs> now uh, I, I don't want to you know belabor the the Broadway actor thing too much but you're you're playing a character that's uh, huge departure from the person that you are. And um, I remember speaking with um, your mom, uh, you know, she was telling me that you sort of have to ease out of the character. You can't just switch it on and off. Is that, is that accurate? And what's it like to live like another person? Yeah. um, It, it takes time both to get into the, the character and to get out of the character. I believe that if you can, bridge the gap between you and the character than that in any way that you can naturally so it's not a chore that's important i'm not saying that i'm a method actor by any stretch but i think you know living in a certain way keeping your room as your character would keep it i think those things are kind of important and sort of sink in subconsciously so that's what i try to do living as christopher sometimes when i'm on the subway i try to tap into what christopher would be feeling on a subway overstimulated and uncomfortable sometimes it gets a little bit it takes over too much and you have to find the the same the sanity within it and then the balance between you know thinking as your character and then just getting out of the mind of the character for for uh but uh um yeah it takes me time to sometimes i'll, I'll talk and some christopherisms will come into <laughs> and people are like well what's that i'm like oh sorry that's just christopher i'm sorry <laughs> um yeah i don't know it's it's i think i think with any job being an actor sort of comes with that mystique of, you know, putting on another character, but there are aspects of that that are very true. But at the same time, I think in any job, you sort of become that, like even my mom, she's a, a facilitator. So I see her at a dinner table sort of facilitating a conversation like she would, I'm sure, a, a boardroom in a way, you know, so it's sort of your job becomes your life. And I don't think it's that different than any other job. But for an actor, it's sort of it's a little bit more mysterious because you're another person. But in many ways, Christopher is very similar to me in, in many ways. And uh, so, yeah. What are, what are some of the things that you find yourself um, missing about Canada? I mean, family is the obvious one, but are there any Canadian creature comforts you're not able to access in New York? Oh, yeah, tons, tons. Uh, as I said, definitely the people. I haven't found my community or my friends here. Um, so I'm really happy when people come to visit. Maybe, yeah, some some Canadian humor I find lacking uh, in this in this country. Maybe uh, 
do your uh, fellow cast members bug you for being Canadian at all? Uh, no, I think I maybe say it a little bit. I've, uh, people have said to me in the cast that they almost forget that I'm Canadian until I always talk about Canada because that's <laughs> all I know, right? So <laughs> um, I don't think they they don't really care too much. Um, they don't bug me, but I am known as the Canuck, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and how long is your stay in New York meant to last? Uh, I'm here until the end of July, and that might be extended. I think there's like a possible four-week four extension with my contract. But yeah, Curious Incident will is selling tickets well into October, so it's uh, it's here to stay. Cool. But whether I'm staying with it, I'm not sure at this point. Yeah, and is there anywhere that you know any other international cities or, or places outside of Canada that you hope to visit and work in? Yeah, tons. So the idea that I have about myself is being an international artist, and now that I'm living here, I have the um, opportunity to apply for the green card. So hopefully, within three months, I'm going to have that, and not. That's not to say that I'm here to stay forever, but just as, um, just a you know, to have that as an option, I think is really important. So I can work and live anywhere that I want. Because my mom, she's from the UK, and so I have the UK passport, which I'm really fortunate to have. Um, so I'll be able to work in, well, except for Australia, most of the English-speaking world, and I find that really exciting. So um, I have this idea that I'm going to be living out of a backpack for a long time, and I think it's gonna it's gonna be that way for. <laughs> For many, many years, which I'm really excited for. To live in different cities, meet great people that way. I think it's uh it sort of goes back to the roots of an actor in Greece being a nomadic, you know, person. <laughs> that's the way I like to think of it. <laughs> so you're a nomad. I, I, I dig that. I think that's a good vibe for you to put out there. Yeah. Who's to say, you know, when I'm thirty I want to settle down, but definitely in my twenties I think that's the way I want to live. Uh, do you, yeah. you don't have a show today, do you? Uh, I don't. I don't. Tomorrow, I'm on every Wednesday evening and Saturday matinee. So any of your listeners coming down to New York, I'd love to perform for you. If you're in New York, make sure you get to check out Ben in the curious incident of the dog in the nighttime at the Barrymore Theater on Broadway. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Expats. If there are any expats you think I should be speaking with, have them email me at info at expatspodcast.ca or send me an email yourself, and let's keep building this global network of Canadians living abroad. I've been your host, Adam Rosenhart. You can find the expats on both Twitter and Facebook. Just search for Expats Podcast. And if you haven't already, please give the expats a rating and review on both the iTunes Store and Stitcher Radio. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch up again in a couple of weeks. <laughs>